your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 422 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Who are this season's top 50 NHL players? Find out on the Locked On NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode. And today, this is going to be one of three pre-recorded episodes for the week of, let's see, that would be August 30th. We're going to have three episodes that are going to go live at various points for this entire week. They were recorded quite a bit of time ahead of time, and I'm going to be on vacation for the week. But I wanted to get a couple of episodes out for you guys, including this one. We've got a special crossover edition with Mr. Chris Maselli of Locked On Colorado Avalanche. We're going to be talking a little bit about Patrick Nemeth. I think, you know, Chris is a good guy to talk to. Nemeth has two separate stints with the Colorado Avalanche, including the second half of this past season. He was brought back as kind of a rental this past year and kind of had mixed results in Colorado, but Chris and I are going to get into all that and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Just going to be talking some general hockey and the offseason of both teams and the expectations for both teams going into the upcoming campaign. And this will be part one of a two-parter. The other part, part two, will be also included in this week of uh, pre-recorded episodes here. So two of the three episodes will be crossovers with Chris Maselli of Locked on Avalanche. And without any further ado, here's part one. Enjoy. All right, so welcome back, Ranger fans and Avalanche fans. we got a special crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked on New York Rangers. Joined by Chris Maselli of Lockdown Colorado Avalanche. Chris, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, John. Uh, if you hear any background noise, it's just like the late night energy that my cat has. Uh, that So it's just go, going around playing with like a lot of my kids' toys in the background. So, uh, I, so it's like another guest that's on the show is my... Uh, little kitten back there well it's, so, a, yeah. it, it's all good man you know my dog makes a cameo every once in a while too he's actually he's hanging out with my wife right now but you never know when he'll show up so yeah we are yeah. a uh, a pet friendly organization over amen. at lockdown so yeah amen brother all right so <laughs> i figure i figure uh, we'll just jump right into it here man i, I know we talked uh, before we started recording here i was going to ask you about patrick namath obviously he signs with the rangers in free agency this offseason he had a couple of different stints with the avalanche he was there for two seasons uh, 2017 and 2018, and then also in 2018, 2019. And then he comes back to the team as a rental this past season. And, you know, for those of us that um, may not be all that familiar with Patrick Namath, haven't gotten to see him play a whole lot, uh, what can you tell us about him, man? What, what kind of a defenseman are we getting here? So the thing with Nemeth is, uh, you know, it wasn't the best go around his second time through Colorado. That doesn't mean that he's not capable uh, and, and, and a good defenseman, he's not going to, you know, wow you. Uh, he's not going to take over games on the defensive end. He, he's, he's long past that. Uh, when the Avalanche had him the first time around, yeah, it was 17-18, I think you said it was. That sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah, 17-18. Yeah. You know, he, he was more involved, uh, but still not that guy that you're relying on. Very good uh, penalty killer. 
So okay. that, you know, if that's something that you were in need of, uh, he can bring that to you. His physicality is fine. That That's not really a, a big issue. It's not really his game that much. Um, but he's just like a, a, a reliable body out there. He's a, he's a good depth defenseman. Um, for It didn't work out for Colorado the second time through when they acquired him at the trade deadline. I don't know if just that, you know, because the Avalanche play a fast game. Yeah. And that's not his style. So right. I don't know if over the course of those few years where he, you know, uh, didn't play for them, if he just got a step slower and couldn't keep up with the young bucks of the Avalanche, uh, because it, it showed, it really showed in, in the postseason. Uh, or was it just something where, because it was a change of scenery and a change of, of uh, style of play, and because it was a shortened season, that he didn't have enough time to really kind of get back in the flow with how the Avalanche play? That is a possibility. But I don't think, uh, you know, having a longer time with the Avs last year really would have changed anything. He he made some really, really bad plays in the postseason. Uh, and, and ones that he was not under duress. It was just him and the puck uh, and made some silly turnovers. So I don't know. I, it, it was odd because we were happy to get him back. I can tell you that. Avalanche yeah, fans, yeah. When, 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 the, when the deal went down, they're like, okay, you know, he's familiar with the system. We know what we're going to get with him. And it just seemed like it was a completely different player. Um, you know, but I, I think it's if, if the if the Rangers needed some some depth on the D side, it's not a horrible signing. Yeah, I mean that's basically what this was. I think for the most part, you know, the Rangers in general on their blue line, they're an extremely young team. I mean, Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, Keandre Miller, these guys are all like in the twenty one, twenty two, twenty three year old range. Uh, Jacob Truba, a little bit older, twenty seven. But, uh, you know, Namath, he's going to be the oldest Ranger defenseman in the opening night roster, unless there's some move that they're going to make that I haven't thought of yet. So I'm just kind of wondering, man, like, I mean, I I know he didn't spend a ton of time there and obviously uh, just a very short amount of time with this most recent stint, his second of two stints with the Avalanche. But, I mean, is he somebody that, you know, at the age of 29, can he kind of be the elder statesman of the blue line? Do you see him like kind of in a little bit of a leader role, a little bit of a big brother role for some of these young Ranger defensemen that they have? I mean, any any kind of light that you can shine on his personality there at all? Definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah. and I think he's okay doing that. You know, he, okay. he knows, he knows his limitations and he knows what he can and what he cannot do. Uh, so I do, I think, you know, and yeah, we're, we're, you know, I don't want to make it sound like he's on the downside of his career, but yeah, he's approaching 30. So, um, he, and being that, like you said, like he's kind of like the elder statesman on that team. I don't think he would have any problem doing that, taking some young guys like under his wing and showing them uh, the the right way to play, kind of just assisting them in their early years. I think he'd be fine doing that, especially in, like I said, where where he is going to uh, be good for you guys is, is on the penalty kill. He's very, very good on that. And, and that's the one area where as much as he struggled on the avalanche this time around, uh, he was always out there for the penalty kill. So, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, the Rangers got you know some young players like you know like every team does. Uh, they definitely can learn from him. He's one of those guys where you know you could see him when his career is over being a coach in some aspect. I, that wouldn't surprise me. So yeah, he, he he's like I said, he knows his limitations, what he can and can't do, and uh, he can definitely help some guys in that team. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, for sure. And I think like in a nutshell, you know, maybe one way that you can describe Namath is he kind of seems to have a limited ceiling. I mean, I wouldn't expect all-star level of production from him just completely out of nowhere for this upcoming season, but also a pretty safe floor. I mean, to your point there, Chris, it sounds like he's somebody who just steady pair of hands, knows what he's doing out there and can kind of take on that leadership role if he needs to. Um, And doesn't cause problems. He's he's good in the locker room. You know, you're never going to hear from him in, in the media or anything like that. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Well, that's good to know, too. Um, I did want to ask about the contract. The Rangers gave him three years, $7.5 million total. Uh, is that too much from the Rangers? Does he deserve more? Does that sound about right to you? I mean, for me, it sounded like it was just about right. When, when I heard that they were going after, you know, a veteran defenseman this offseason, I had a feeling they'd bring in somebody uh, in the vein of Patrick Namath, probably around like, you know, a two or three year deal, just kind of a little bit of a stopgap option. So, I mean, does that contract sound about right to you as far as uh, what he deserves to get? That was at what two point five? That is. Oh no! Uh, yeah, yeah, two two point five a year. Yeah, yeah, per year. Yep. That that's good. That that's not yeah. bad. Um, yeah. you know, because of his, uh, you know, how long he's been in the the league, he he's not going to get you know less than that. Um, I don't. I wouldn't really go much more than that. If he was going to get anything over three, that I think would be overpaying. So yeah, I think in the two to two and a half range is is where he is, and that's exactly what he got. So. And term is not bad. It's a three-year deal. So uh, I, there, there's really not a ton of downside because they're not relying on him to be a top pairing guy. And I think they know that. So uh, no, I think overall it's, it's, a, it's a good depth D signing by the Rangers. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I know we were uh, we were actually messaging each other a little bit on Twitter. I know we both wanted to talk about Henrik Lundqvist a little bit. Of course, uh, mm. the, new, the news is still fresh that he announced his retirement and you know, there have actually been rumors, you know, the Rangers were obviously going to buy him out after, um, you know, not this past season, but the one before it. And, you know, where's he going to go? Is Henrik Lundqvist going to go to uh, the Capitals or, you know, I mean, I can't even remember all the teams that were out there, but I know the Avalanche mm-hmm. were definitely one of them. And you were open to the idea. I mean, what can you say about Henrik Lundqvist, man? Because I, I know you've been a fan from afar uh, for quite some time now. Uh, just oh, anything man. that comes to your mind when you think of Henrik Lundqvist, go for it, man. I, I would have taken him in a New York minute on the avalanche yeah. and it would have yeah. been for selfish reasons because I solely want to own an avalanche Jersey with Lundqvist on the back. That's uh, it, just a, it, it would have been a match made in heaven. I think logistically uh, on the ice and personally, because I absolutely love that guy. And yeah, the Rangers are my East coast team. If you want to have a West and East coast team, I grew up watching them because my dad was a Ranger fan and um, yeah, they, they, <sighs> He was like, we're talking about Nemeth, how he's not a problem in the locker room or anything like that. That was Lungfist. And being in that, that market, um, you're, you know, you're always being watched. And he, yeah. and he just went about his business the right way. He showed up, he played, uh, you know, 
in in the most important games um and they relied on him for so long and man it just killed me like i i so wanted him to to win one of course with the rangers but you know in avalanche circles it was well if the rangers are out of it uh you know bring them on over and let's have a a, a ray bork you know version 2.0 if we can make sure. that happen for him you know so yeah. um I, I don't know how serious they were um, about trying to attain them because they did need some goalie help. But um, I, I, I don't know. It didn't, you know, he signed with uh, Washington in the offseason as a free agent. So I don't know how the serious the Rangers were about moving him. Maybe you, obviously, you probably know more about than I do if they were really going to trade him. But if they were, I I I'm, I could almost guarantee that Joe Sackick was on the phone, maybe trying to get something for him, because uh, it probably wouldn't have taken that much. But I think the the contract was a, a problem in trying to trade him. Yeah, well, I mean, he had a no move clause to begin with, and I think you know part of the issue there would have been the Avalanche or any team that traded for Lundqvist, they would have been picking him up not just for you know that last year that he was with the Rangers, but also one season in addition to that, which on one hand, I mean, maybe go ahead and do it because of Tenric Lundqvist, he'd be a good influence in the locker room. He can step in there when you need him to, to play. I realize he obviously wasn't in his prime anymore, but I would imagine he would have been one of the more uh, reliable backup goalies in the league. And then, of course, um, you know, it's tough. You know, you mentioned the Stanley Cup, and it, it's just so bittersweet that, you know, his career has come to an end here, and he only ever played with the New York Rangers. And on one hand, that's awesome. But on the other hand, that kind of sucks because – he was bought out by the Rangers. He signed with the Capitals. He fully intended to uh, continue his hockey career. And, you know, yeah. because of his heart, he's, he's just not going to be able to do that now. And, yeah, you, you know, you let yourself dream as a Ranger fan. You, you come up with all these crazy scenarios of maybe he wins a, a Stanley Cup with the Capitals. I mean, that's not my first choice of teams that I'd like to see him <laughs> win one with. Right. But you know what? It's Henrik Lundqvist, so I'll still root for him. And, you know, maybe he goes to the Avalanche uh, for this upcoming season and he wins a cup there as the backup. Or, you know, Tama Bay, I believe Curtis McElhenney is no longer on the team. So he could go there and be the backup and, you know, just back up Andre Vasilevsky and, and step in every now and then and have a chance there. Or maybe he comes back to the Rangers. You know, you, you come up with all yeah. these crazy scenarios. Maybe he could have come back to the Rangers for one more year and the Rangers could give him the proper send-off that he didn't get. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I don't know, like you just guys like him that are, you know, in their prime, the best player in the league, easily the best goalie in the league. Um, you just assume they're going to win one at some point, you know, when he when he has, you know, he, when he's halfway through his career, when he's six, seven years into his career and, and he hasn't won one yet. You just assume because they're so good that they're going to win one. 
And this yep. is just proof positive that it, it's it's not a guarantee. It's easier said than done. And yeah, sometimes the best guys in the league, as unfair as it is, uh, don't get one. And that's why I think everybody was kind of rooting for Ovechkin. If they didn't have a rooting interest, they were kind of rooting for him a few years ago because he would have gone down as one of the top players ever. Uh, and and he would not have a cup, but he's got the one. It's out of the way. That monkey's off his back, and that never happened for Lungfist. So I, I feel horrible for him that it didn't happen. Clearly, would have been great to to happen in a, a Rangers uniform. And if it, that wasn't the case, like you're saying, go wherever you want to go and win one, as long as you can win one. In in the end, in your twilight of your career, but that didn't happen either. So that's why when you do win it. You got to savor it because it's no guarantee you're going to get back there again, especially in the sport of hockey. Yeah, you know, you make an interesting point. You kind of just assume that a great player is eventually just going to, you know, the cream's going to rise to the top, so right. to speak, yep. and you're going to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, you have that feeling with Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, as far as, like, great players, you know, Jerome Ginla always comes to mind. Right. He was very, very close with the Flames, and, you know, he kind of did the whole, I don't want to say farewell tour, but, you know, he was kind of, just signing one year and two year deals with a couple of random teams toward the end and, and trying to hope that he could get on a great team and win the Stanley cup. And it just doesn't happen. And I, I think Joe Thornton is a great example right now. Of course, he's going to be go. back. Uh, he's going to be with the Panthers this year. And Hey man, everything else being equal. Like if the Rangers get eliminated at some point in the playoffs or they don't make it to the playoffs, then give me Joe Thornton winning a Stanley cup because <laughs> you know, Chris, to your point, I think, you know, eventually you just want to see a great player have that moment and be honored. And, you know, Ray Bork is a great example as well. You know, obviously yeah. winning the cup in his last season with the avalanche there. Yeah. And and you look at what's going on in the NBA. Carmelo Anthony is doing that. He, he yeah. signed with the Lakers because, you know, he's only got a few years left and he wants to win one. So a lot of people are kind of jumping on for him for that. I like when guys are at that age and, you know, they only have a few left and that's the one thing they have left to do. Let them go where they want to go. I don't, um, I don't I'm completely with you. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. absolutely. Um, I figure, you know, to kind of shift gears a little bit here, I did want to ask you a little bit about, you know, what the Avalanche did this offseason. And I think the biggest thing that they did, I uh, was getting a little dicey there with Gabriel Landis Cog, you know, and, and <laughs> is he going to be here? Is he going to leave? But he gets the eight year, $56 million deal. Were you nervous or did you think that this was going to happen all along that they would bring him back? I was starting to teeter on being nervous. Uh, I I wasn't for, for, I'm going to say like 90% of it. And then it was uh, the night before uh, free agency was set to begin. uh, And, and they, that's when they got the deal done. It was like in the 11th hour um, and it happened, but all signs were pointing towards him going to free agency. I I wasn't, uh, I think I would have gotten more nervous if that day, came where he was officially on the market. I still think, you know, he might've circled back to the avalanche eventually. Um, but I wasn't going to get nervous until that moment happened when, you know, the clock struck noon and they, you know, free agency was open for business. But, um, this is Joe Sackick getting, getting things done. Like he knows what he needs to bring in. He has, uh, a a line that he is not going to cross when it comes to any player, your captain included. And, um, the, 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 the consensus was Landis was asking for an astronomical amount of money. I don't think that was ever really confirmed. Um, I think the main thing was the term and everything Joe Sackick is doing right now is based around no matter who he's signing, is based around term because he doesn't want to have a lot of money locked up 
because in two years, Nathan McKinnon is up for unrestricted free agency and he's going to throw everything he has at him. So he wants to make sure he is completely set up. Uh, and you go look at the Avalanche, um, Sally, if you go to their cap friendly page, there's not a lot of contracts after two years. There's, you know, your big guys, you you got Rantanen, Makar, uh, now Landeskog, uh, Sam Gerrard is, and Devon Taves is. And that's it, really, if you're not counting ELCs. Uh, because he is said he, he wants no ifs, ands, or buts about where he stands when McKinnon's contract is up. Um, but I think it was going to be, uh, in addition to not wanting to give a long term, um, you know, at the end of this, he's going to be 36 years old. So do, did they want to be paying a 35, 36 year old 8 million plus? Um, for someone that plays a game that is a a physical physical game, that is Gabe Landeskog's game. Uh, he he is a f- camp in front of the net and redirect pucks and mix it up with the big boys. Um, when will that start to affect you know his his game and um, will he get injured? Does he have to change his style of play because he's getting injured too much and he's getting a little bit older? So I think they were worried about giving him uh, the full eight years, but in the end, I think he, you know, he just thought this is this is our guy. We gotta we gotta ride with him, and we'll cross that bridge, you know, if we have to come to it. So that's why the first, I think the first four years are no trade clause. And then the last four are limited. So they kind of left themselves open for if it's not working out in the end, then we'll have those conversations about moving you if we need to, but we're not going to worry about it right now. Yeah, that makes sense. And I I think, you know, I I can definitely relate to pretty much everything you just said there, Chris, because there was Mm -hmm. uh, something going on with Pavel Buchnevich in this offseason where he was a restricted free agent for the Rangers and they end up trading him to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Sammy Blay in a second round draft pick. And, you know, Buchnevich ends up signing a new deal with the Blues. He's going to be getting $5.8 million annually over the next four years. And I know that a lot of Ranger fans were really upset by that move. You know, what are we doing? That's not enough for Pavel Buchnevich and this, that, and the other thing. And I totally get it because I really like Pavel Buchnevich. He's mm. been here for half a decade. He's, he's somebody that's gotten better with every single passing season. But, you know, cold hard fact of the NHL and really any sport is that you can't keep everybody, especially in the NHL when the salary cap is as tight as it is. And, you know, you mentioned with the Avalanche, they're going to eventually have to, you know, re-sign Nathan McKinnon McKinnon, along with a couple of other players. And with the Rangers, it's kind of the same deal. I mean, eventually you're going to need that money to pay Adam Fox. You're going to need that money. I mean, they just re-signed Igor Shesterkin, so they're good there. But you're going to need that money for Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Keandre Miller, whoever it might be. And not to sound cold about the whole thing, but these players are more important to the Ranger future than Pavel Buchnevich is. But you know, wow. just hearing you talk about all that, man, you know, it just kind of reminded me of that situation. It was really tough to say goodbye to Buchnevich, but I think it's just kind of a necessary evil uh, right. in professional sports, you know? Now, what is, because Adam Fox has one year left, correct? One year left on, on his entry-level deal, and then they're going to have to pay him. Uh, probably so, something similar to what your guy, Kale McCarr, got there. I was going to say, because, you know, a lot yeah. of these defenders got, you know, in between 9 and 10, you got to think he he's in the mix for that amount, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I mean, he yeah. just won the Norris, and that's right. just more ammunition for his camp as, as far as, you know, how much he deserves to be paid annually. Um, you know, I know Kale McCarr was in the running for that. And it's funny, man, because, you know, going into that, I mean, you could really have made a case for any of the three of them, Fox, McCarr, or Victor Hedman. And of course, yeah. I want to see Fox win. I'm all excited, and then he wins it, and I'm pumped, and 
you know, I get to talk about it on the show and everything like that. But then at the same time, you realize, oh, crap, it's won the Norris. <laughs> and we're going to have to pay this guy like, like a Norris Trophy winning defenseman. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's yep. kind of a little bit of a little bit of take and give there, I suppose. Yeah, no, I think he he set himself up uh, rather nicely, and he he is he is a lot of fun to watch. I'll tell you that, man. I, I Adam Fox is. I don't have, and I say, I say this on my show. Um, last week I was talking about like I don't have like favorite players anymore. Uh, just just be, like I root for my team. I don't care who plays on my team. I root for my team. Uh, but guys like you know Kale McCarr the way he plays and what like he is becoming a having the title of a favorite player of mine. Um, and I, I like I outside of avalanche games, I watch Ranger games more than any other team, but um, Adam Fox is that kind of player. Like, man, like he, if I was a, a I guess a full-time Ranger fan, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he, he probably would be like a, a quote unquote favorite player of mine because he's young, he's energetic and he, God, he can play. He's fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's basically just the prototypical young defenseman that you would want on your team. And it's mm. funny uh, what you, I picked up on something there where you say you don't really have quote unquote favorite players anymore. Yeah. I feel like I'm starting to get into that territory too. I mean, I do, but I don't. I mean, I remember like pre like because I have to come out here and be objective. I can't be like, well, this guy's my favorite player, so I can't say anything bad about him, or oh, I don't like this guy, so I'm going to trash him yeah. or anything like that. Right. But um. Yeah, you know, I mean, back in the, I wouldn't even say back in the day, it wasn't that long ago, but, you know, Derek Broussard, I always, like, talk about him, and, um, you know, he, he was my favorite player when he was on the Rangers, and I've always been kind of campaigning for a reunion, maybe not so much now, because the Rangers appear set at center for this upcoming season, but, yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate to that, man. I mean, you yeah. have some of your favorite players, but you don't at the same time, you know? It's like, and I feel that way because just the way sports are right now with just free agency and players moving yeah. around so much you know i hate to say it but there's not a lot of loyalty anymore and and i get it i mean you're gonna go cash in when you can cash in um you know and and growing up a, a broncos fan uh you know having john elway you know spending one or his career with one team you don't see that a lot anymore so it's yeah. tough to get attached to a guy because the likelihood of being him being out the door is pretty high. So, it, you know, that's why I don't get too attached to, to players. Um, and, it, you know, going back to Bronco stuff, like it kind of started with uh, Tim Tebow <laughs> and, <laughs> and and people were asking me like, Oh, what do you think of Tebow? And I'm like, I don't care. I, like is, if he's, if he's winning games, that's fine. I don't care who's taking snaps. Uh, it doesn't matter to me if, if the Broncos have more points than the other team, at the end of the game, I'm good with that. And it's the same with the Avalanche. Uh, clearly, you want your superstars like, you know, uh, McCarr and, and uh, McKinnon to stay as long as humanly possible. I'm not saying you're, you're just saying like, oh, well, I don't care who's on the team, sign whoever. You want the, the superstars on your team, but it's always in the back of your mind that, that they could walk. And I'm very yeah. cognizant of that. It's funny not to like change sports in the middle of the episode here, but uh, <laughs> you know, so one way or another, I'm a 49er fan. It took me okay. at least like 50 episodes of Lockdown Rangers to disclose that fact. To, to admit that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because everybody probably just thinks Giants or Jets, right? It's got to right, be one exactly. or the other. But right. but um, but no, like so you know, growing up, you know, the Ra the Niners, excuse me, they were very very good, and then you know they kind of got old all at the same time there, and they had to rebuild. And you know, Jerry Rice's contract was up. And, you know, I was a huge Jerry Rice fan. He was my favorite, play favorite player growing up. 
And, you know, we're going to rebuild and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, all right, but Jerry Rice isn't going to leave. Like, he's going to be here. And then, no, he signs with the Oakland Raiders instead. And it's one of those things that just kind of makes you grow up a little bit. And it makes you realize, like, wow, yeah, nobody is untouchable in professional yeah, sports. There's, nope. there's no guarantee that any player, no matter how great they are, is going to spend their entire career with just one team. And that then when it yeah. actually does happen, it's just all the more special, like with Henrik Lundqvist being a prime recent example there. Exactly. Yeah. Look at Joe Montana. I mean, nobody thought yeah. he was ever going to leave San Francisco. So, do you, do you know where, uh, what team Jerry Rice technically retired with? I mean, I know he signed the three the three day contractor. So he went from he was on the Niners. He went to the Raiders. He went to the Seahawks, and then he went to the Broncos. Even though he yeah. never played a snap for them, but yes, no. he technically was a Bronco when he retired. His, I had to talk my way through it, but yeah, yes, his retirement press conference is with a denver broncos backdrop i love yep. that <laughs> so weird man yeah you yep, jerry rice jersey yeah i should right <laughs> all right so once again a big big thanks to mr christmas ellie for teaming up for part one of what turned out to be a two-part crossover edition and a huge thanks to you guys as well for tuning into the locked on new york rangers podcast your team every day and the only other thing that I wanted to mention here at the end is the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League. Once again, if I have, if you played in the league last year and you've already emailed me or DM'd me on Twitter, then rest easy. Your spot is secure. If you played in the league last year and you've not yet gotten in touch with me, uh, please do so sooner rather than later because uh, in due time here, I'm going to open it up to some people that may not have played in the league last year and want to get in this year. And I've already heard from a couple of you, if you did not play in the league last year and you want to join this year, definitely also send me a DM on Twitter or email me and you can kind of save your spot in line, so to speak. Like I said, I will do my best to accommodate everyone and uh, we'll see. Hopefully we get another 20-person league as we did this past season. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.